from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Hey, Jeff! Hi, Aaron! Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano. And I'm Jeff Stormer, y'all! Welcome! This is a podcast where we grow fantasy crops. It's called All My Fantasy Crops. And we take your prompts, we plant them in the ground, and then we develop them with water, sunlight, dark magic into a beautiful fantasy plant. It's it's just a real hoot nanny of a podcast, y'all. You're going you're gonna to have a real blast. Let's get to it, y'all. Let's get to it, y'all. So the prompt this week, <laughs> God damn it! So we we take a listener prompt that you sent to us, and then Jeff and I conjure the magic from the dark magic spiral ham, yeah. which has been ooh, which has been uh, which has been in our country smoke shack for about six months now, just developing dark magic flavors. About as smoky as a ham can get. Yeah, it's it's horrid. And we gaze into a smoky spiral, and we take your prompt and make a fantasy tabletop character that is not ham-themed all the time. Not all the time. Sometimes. Most of them have been ham-themed. If this is your first episode, welcome, because they're all about ham. Yeah, if you don't- if you're- if you're a ham lover, this is where you belong. Oh, you're gonna fucking go- you're gonna go ham for this podcast. Welcome to all my ham children. Uh. Okay. So our prompt- Aaron, I think you're hamming it up a little bit over there. <laughs> oh my god. It's <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I am joined today not by Jeff, but by Skelly. <laughs> ah! All right. All right <laughs> What's sorry. our prompt this week? Our prompt this week comes from someone who is a very loyal listener of the show, is very, very chatty on the Discord, and I love them very much. They are Seal Key. I think it's Seal Key or Seal Kai. I, I either, I, yeah, I've been saying Seal Key and I've okay. never been corrected. Yes, yeah, so it's like Seal Key. Like it's real Seal Key. So Seal Key tweeted us, a dwarf dreams of seeing the sky one day. I love that prompt. I'm really into that. I'm very excited about this prompt. I am too. Have we ever fucking talked about Geode on, like actually on air? On the podcast? Maybe like for 10 seconds in the holiday episode? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, like a little bit. We talked about glowing rocks. So no, I don't think so. To talk about dwarves, we got to talk about Geode a little bit. We got to establish yeah. some lore. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so Geode, it is a mountainous region of fantasy. Uh, And inside, is it inside a mountain, you think? Yeah, oh, definitely. It's definitely like inside the highest mountain Ooh. in fantasy, like the Everest of, of fantasy. Oh, shit. Inside of that is where the dwarves live. I love that. Um, we established in the lore episode, the history episode, that um, they worship a machine god, right? Yes. Or they yes, did yes, at yes. one point. Yeah, they worship a machine god. And so they're obsessed with invention and creation. Yes. And I think that if I were to worship a machine god, I would then think I was created in that machine god's image. So therefore, I am a machine. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, so the the idea of invention is the idea of creation. It's the idea of make... If you're an invention from a machine god, you want to then make more offerings, make more children of your own in the form of inventions of any kind. Art, science, literature, fashion. Uh, just the spirit of invention is deep in the culture of geode. Right. A machine is built with a purpose to make a thing. 
you know, even if it's like making wheat into into straw, yeah, or making wheat into bread, like a machine does a job. And so I think that dwarves they they exist in a mindset of like I am a machine, much like the machine god that made me. I am made with a purpose. Yeah. My purpose is to make whatever thing I have found is my purpose to make. I love that. So everyone has like a vocation or a calling? Yeah, definitely. Mm. See, because that, to me, that that screams pressure. Yes, I think there's an unbelievable amount of pressure involved there. Because if someone was like, hey, have you found your calling yet? You'd be like, ugh. Like, imagine being like 17 and being like, hey, look, what's your passion? I don't know, hanging out chilling i had that feeling because i um i went to rutgers university for two years as a food science major because i like science i like food i like chemistry and so i did that as a major and let me tell y'all not liking what you're doing as a major is ugh, it is a swift kick in the jaw and it's funny because i've never really had that experience like i kind of knew what i wanted to do and like the where i wanted to be pretty much my entire life Mm-hmm. So, like, it's interesting that, like, I, I, I definitely understand that dwarven mindset of, like, I am a machine because I think of myself as a machine. Understandable. No, I, I think I understand that rationale of, like, I have a thing that I do that it, it is the thing that I am supposed to be doing. So, I, I understand that mindset of, like, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. How do I do that? I mean, and not me. I'm coming from the place of, like, I had no idea what the fuck to do. I knew things that I right. liked and things that I wanted to accomplish at some point, but it's sort of like I don't know how to get there. I don't right, know. Right, 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 right. I, I, I see the city in the distance. I don't know how to get in the car and turn it on and drive there. I think it's fascinating to think about that from like a context of a society that overwhelmingly expects you to just do the thing and know what the thing is. Yeah, like I think. Ooh, let's let's think of something magical. Maybe you're born. Like Jean-Pierre, we said, saw images, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. of the future. Maybe every dwarf, when they're born, is given like a quick flash of an image of like what they're supposed to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you see just an image and everyone's like, if I see uh, a room full of baked goods, it's like, I will be a baker. My mission is to bake. Mm. Actually, I got something real cool. Cool. Give me. Uh, Every dwarf, their first word after being born... Oh, shit. Is the thing that they will do forever. Oh, fuck. And it's like a magical thing where, like, a dwarf will never have heard the word structural engineering. Yeah. But, like, a baby dwarf, like, the mother or the father or the parent will be cradling them in their arms. And the baby will just say, structural engineering. Oh, shit. And it's like, okay, that's what the baby will do. But then the, the real challenge or the real mystery is there's got to be some dwarves that are, like grass yeah this case is sky you know like Mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. maybe this dwarf just says the word sky right i think there are some dwarves that say things that don't fully make sense or that like don't easily translate into a career exactly and that that must be challenging in a way of like it requires a little more self-exploration and wondering and i don't know Mm -hmm, and searching mm -hmm. For what you're supposed to do in this, what you're supposed to invent, what you're destined to do. Because I think the, yeah. the idea of destiny is very deeply ingrained in dwarven culture. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think they, if literally from the moment you learn to speak, you know, like where you're going to be 
as an adult, like, that's des- that is the purest definition of destiny of, like, the future has been decided for me. I merely have to get there. That's sick. That's also badass as fuck. That is, that's super cool. Like, like, you wake, like, a, like, a baby being, like, swords. And it's like, this baby's gonna make killer swords. And then the child spends their whole life, like, making swords and learning how making swords works. Okay, so let's think of this character then. So let's roll on a pronoun real quick. Yep, right. That is a two. Okay. We got a baby boy. So, the, his first word is sky. Yes. The first thing he says is sky. Yes. What's fascinating is that, like, do dwarves have a word for sky? Here's the thing. It's up for us to decide if, is all of Geode in this mountain, or is it, like, a region? You know what I mean? Like, the main city of Geode is the mountain, but, like, outside, do they farm? I think it is a main city. I think that the Everest Mountain is, like, the main city. Of, is Geode is, like, the city in the giant mountain. Yes. But there is uh, there's an entire, like, world of dwarven things throughout the Underdark. Yes. But I don't—I think all of it is below ground, because I think the—because I'm, I'm really hooked on this idea that dwarves do not have, like— a word for sky for centuries or millennia. So this is like some, this is some revolutionary stuff. The fact that this baby is born and is like, they're like, he's going to say it. He's finally going to say his first word, sky. And it's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? That's not a word. That's not a word. And they have to figure out what it is. Yeah. And even more so, oh, that's, oh, that, that's heart. Like there's a heartbreaking aspect of that as well. Yeah. Because that means that, like, what probably happens is the baby says sky, right? Yes. He says sky, and his parents look at that as like, oh, that's not a word, that was just, like, baby talk. Oh, no. So suddenly, like, there's the potential for him to get put into an entire other thing. Oh, no. Because, like, his second word is, like, milk. And they're like, (laughs) well, he's gonna be a dairy farmer. Okay, well, no, we decided that this this young dwarf is a fucking dairy farmer. <laughs> so, okay, so this dwarf, what is their name? Hmm. Hmm. His name is Curd? His name is Curd. Stop. You're named after fucking your destiny? You're named after your destiny. Oh. Ugh. So that means John Pierre was a fake name. Yeah, oh shit, that's, oh and shit. I love that. I love that John Pierre has made the fuck up. John Pierre was his give was the name he chose for himself. Well, I mean, we did decide we did say uh before, like on Discord chat and like is it canon that like dwarves invent themselves. Like mm, you can be mm, born okay. one way and then you can reinvent yourself in another. So then yeah. So then I think his birth name is Curd. Yes. Oh sh- Curd what? Do you want it to be something dwarfy? Like, you know, like Stone Bottom. Or curd stone bottom done. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> done. We nailed it. Shit. But then, like the name that he gives himself. Ooh, it's gonna be something. Uh, something. Sky, Sky. Morrison. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut up. No. It all connects, Aaron. Ooh, it all connects. Okay. No, no, it's perfect. And then he joins no. the mob <laughs> in our world. No, ugh, gotta be so bad. See, listeners, you're lucky we're not dumb assholes, because we'd be like, holy shit, we're about to blow their minds. No. His name is Scott. No. Um, what is some, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google some words. Okay. Look up thesaurus words for sky. Exactly. And yeah. see what comes up. Azure, we already used the word Azure. I, I actually have one. Okay. 
What if he went by Stratos? Chef, I don't know if you know, but like that name, that's so good. That's real good. Okay, so this motherfucker goes by Stratos. That is so okay. So first of all, I I, I know what this milk this this milk boy is like. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> all right. That if you decide to change your name and you pick Stratos as like your fucking name, Jeff, is this person a nerd? Oh, for I, yes. Because here's suddenly now that you say that his yeah. entire life story makes sense to me. <laughs> okay, well, give it to me because it. So, I want to hear it. This is a farm boy. Yeah. Right. The Stonebottom family are like. Salt of the Earth types. Ooh. Because they're Stonebottom. Like, that's the family name. I think that, ooh, I think that everybody in that family has always had something, like, stone-themed. Like, yes. their, like their destiny has always been, like... Masonry work. Mason. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, all of their names, all of their names and identities are sort of tied to that. Ooh. But suddenly, his first word is Sky, and they're like, well, that's just baby talk. That doesn't mean anything. We'll wait yeah. for his next word. And then he says milk, and it's like, okay, I guess he wants to be a dairy farmer? And they're like, that's kind of close. Okay, and they're like, we need, we like milk. We like cheese and yogurt. <laughs> this this will so, work. So they like, they indulge him. They think it's a little odd, but they indulge him. They support him. They name him Curd, <laughs> and they raise him to be a dairy farmer. But Stratos is like a dreamer. Of course. He's an idealist. Yeah. And he's like fantasizing about these things that don't exist in dwarven in the dwarven world. Ooh, I see it, Jeff. Okay. So I think every time <laughs> every time he's milking a cow, like you know, he's on his little stool and he's milking the cow. Yeah, he's grabbing right. the udders and like flying an airplane. Like, yeah. like doesn't like know what a spaceship and airplane is, but like has the two udders as if they're like the handles of a plane and is like pulling them down, like, oh no, pull up, pull up. Just milking a cow. <laughs> and like has these wild fantasies about like flight. And what if I just got on this cow and the cow took off like a bird? How badass would that be? I think that he sees like stone formations and stuff and he visualizes the clouds and the sky and the coloration of the air Ooh. and like sunsets and things. And he's like, that would be a weird world. What if what if that was what it was like? Ooh, I have something really cool. Go for it. Okay, so in Geo, they they grow shit, right? Right. Like the, I want to say that there are somehow crops inside the mountain, and it's like because... mushrooms and things. Yeah. Oh no, Jeff! I was thinking of a fucking artificial like UV light system. Mm, hydroponics. Yes, they have like hydroponics. That means it's either they have like some artificial sun, so they have a day okay. and night yeah. cycle, but it's all it's it's dwarven made. Right, okay, I love that. So he looks up at the artificial sun that's, you know, powered by God knows what, but they know there's a roof. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, in Gia, they're like, what is past the, like, this is how humans, you know, we've always been like, what's past the sky? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, after the blue, obviously at nighttime, stars come out, like, what's up there? I think dwarves like him, like dreamers, think like, what's after the mountain? Like, what's past the ceiling? What's outside? Yeah, it's a huge, for him, this is his entire life of wondering what's past the sun. Yeah, this is his calling. Like, this is his life's work, is to figure out what's on the other side of that roof. Oh my god, that is so baller! 
That's so mil- cool. But he's milking, he's churning butter though, because, uh, I think the, the pressure is like, all right, this is your life's work. And I think he's a, he's a good dude and he's yeah, also young. For sure. So it's like, all right, my duty is to make this cheese, to churn this butter, to milk this cow. And, you know, I'm going to do my damnedest because my parents are relying on me for food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in dwarven society, it's, I don't know if there's necessarily currency. Do you think it's a system of bartering? Yes. I, I, I'm I hardcore into the idea of like a dwarven barter system. Yes. Because if everybody make, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm on the exact same page as you. If everybody's making something, you just trade what you make. Yeah. And things have a value to them. Like a sculpture made by the Stonebottom family is worth more than like a bottle of milk. I think dwarven culture kind of like, I think that there's like a very strict like valuing system. Yeah. It's not based on utility. It's just based on like the unique qualities of whatever you're making. So like if you make statues, people are just like, well, this is a well-made statue. Like I see what you're doing and it's valuable because of that. I love this. So Stratos. Yeah. When when does he when does he grab his des- his true destiny? When does he realize that this isn't for him? Like what happens? What is the turning point for him? Oh, shit. Go for Jeff, it. Jeff, I know what it Hit is. Me. We Hit talked me. about this before. Two strangers arrive in Geode. Right. The machine god arrives at Geode. Okay. Yes. yes. Jeff and I talked about this off the air. That I think in their travels, Tiamat and Amy arrive at Geode just to check it out. You know what I mean? The dwarven mm-hmm. city. And I think Geode is overwhelmed by the idea of Amy, because I think that they know something is not flesh and blood. You know mm-hmm, what I, mean? I think mm-hmm. they can see an invention. They know an invention when they see it. Uh, I think the dwarves believe that Amy is the avatar of the machine god. Right, because like the thing about dwarven culture is when your belief structure is based on a, a living machine crafted us into life, and then a living machine rolls up into your town. Yes. And is like, yo, hey, everybody. Or rather, when a living machine falls through a portal. Yeah. And then rolls into your town like, sup, y'all? Like, it's gonna blow your mind. It's like, oh my god, uh, god is here. And, ooh. Okay, so Geode. Geode is this place where you follow your destiny. You know, you're born mm-hmm, to do mm-hmm. one thing. You were put on this earth to do one thing. You're an invention. Like, what is the purpose of a salt shaker? It is to shake salt onto food, the end. So mm-hmm. here comes Amy. Amy's from our world. She's a free thinking motherfucker, is mm-hmm. like a badass, you know, freewheeling, lives her own life, illustrator, artist, nerd with an obsessive brain. Because the right. idea of obsessing and, you know, wants to know as much as possible, I think that she may usher in a new era for the dwarves or at least inspire something of like wait a minute this machine can do many things yes i love that uh this is i'm very excited about this the other thing i think is big is amy would know what the sky is yes so i think amy like rolls up and inspires all these thinkers to be like oh what if i did my art like this instead and she inspires this whole world of lateral thinking right of like oh well i'm a cobbler but like, I can't, I can, I, I don't just have to like repair shoes. I can make, I can design new shoes. Ooh, because if Amy were to go through Geode, interacting with all these people with like really, really focused, uh, tunnel visioned, mm-hmm. um, vocations, she would be able to learn each one. 
Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she'd be able to yeah. absorb the level of artistry from each of these things, like the stone bottoms. She'd learn how to milk a cow if she interacted with these people. So I think that with this this woman now being in Geode, their machine god becoming so multi-talented, I think they want to em- – oh, maybe an invention can have many purposes. I think the other thing that Amy does that is probably really mind-blowing to a lot of Geode is – have you ever talked to to someone that is, like, deep, deep, deep into their specialized profession? Yes. Like, years deep into it? Yeah. And they're describing a process to you? Like, this happens a lot at, this happens a lot at my job, where people will be like, yeah, I've been doing this process for ten years. This is how we do it. And then you ask them, like, okay, what if you did it like this, though? <laughs> their brains break? Yeah, and they're just like, fuck. Oh, shit, does she change, does Amy change the way Geode works? I think she does. I think that she is the first living being to ever ask the question of, like, what? why not this way? And so there's all these people that are like, like, the cobbler is like, well, I repair shoes. I I fix the shoe that comes, I fix, I fix the shoes that come in. Yeah. And she's like, well, why don't you just design new shoes? Why don't you make new shoes? Uh, I can, I can do that? It's like, of course you can. And they're like, but I, my, my, my first word was shoe repair. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but you have all the skills to make shoes. Yeah. Oh, I do. My first word was definitely not shoe creation. And it's like, well, those two things are linked. Let me show you how. And I think it just kind of gets them thinking in a different way. And I, I think it leads to a new dwarven golden age where like suddenly, Suddenly you have all these people that were only thinking they could do things a certain way are now doing things 12 different ways, and it's just changing the game. Oh, shit. So this is in Stratus's lifetime. Yeah. I think that Stratus, like, is kind of slightly removed from all this because he was already kind of thinking about things like that. Like, when yes. he was milking cows, he was already like, well, what if it was this instead? Yeah. So I think, like, it doesn't land so much in a, like, hey, let me change everything I've ever done. It lands so much in a, hey, she's thinking the way that I think. Maybe I could pursue things more actively. I have a crazy idea, Jeff. Hit me. <laughs> so Stratos is a nerd, right? Yes. Stratos is uh, is wondering what's past the mountain. Stratos is a daydreamer. Stratos is wondering about what's outside and, you know, imagining all these things. Right. Are they, are they the inventor of Nog and Nasties, Jeff? Yes. Holy shit. Does, does Stratos invent the fantasy version of fucking Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. Here's why I love this. Okay. I, I, cause I was just thinking this when you were talking about Stratos being a daydreamer who wonders like about the sky. I think (laughs) this is a real silly and dumb idea. Hey. I think Stratus has a lot of wrong ideas about the sky. <laughs> okay, okay, like and I think what? they all get codified into this tome. <laughs> into this Stop. game. That's like, yeah, the sky. Where the sky cows live. Holy <laughs> shit. Nogginasties is the name of the tabletop role-playing game in the world of fantasy in the future. That, holy shit, Jeff, Stratus created and it's about a world in the fucking clouds. But yeah, it's completely it's like, inaccurate. <laughs> it's just not right. They're no. just not correct facts. So it's like, yeah, you know, nog. Nogs. What the what the fuck is a nog? It's like this feathery thing with a beak and it flies. <laughs> you mean a bird? No, it's a nog. No, it's you, a nog. You shithead. No, obviously <laughs> it's a nog. And all the other nasties that are up there. <laughs> it's 
this whole sky themed thing that's just not right. And it's like they have there's like sky like floating islands and shit. Oh my god. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I've got something. No, I've got something. Oh my god. Go ahead. So he's got this notebook full of wrong ideas about the sky, right? Yes. Amy comes from our world and is talking to people and meeting people and encouraging their dreams. And Stratus is finally like, I've got this thing. First off, Stratus is a pen name. And that's perfect. Oh, shit. Noggin Nasties by Stratos. By Stratos. Ooh. So he, he brings out this notebook and he's like, I've been writing down all these ideas for like at games in which you imagine living in the sky. And Amy's like, oh, neat. We have those. We have those in our world. And she's flipping through it. And she just doesn't really have the heart to be like, nope. Oh, wow. This is terrible. <laughs> it's like in the sky. Um... There is no water. Everything is milk. Sky dwarves. Nope. Nope. Um. <laughs> and so she's just like, this is very imaginative. Very imaginative. Jeff, wait. Is it, this is very imaginative. Now, let me show you how we can make this better. Mm. Do they make a game together? Uh. You can say no. I think no. Amy gives no pointers. <laughs> Amy is just like. Because Amy is, like, doing so many things, I think she's just like, this is very imaginative. You should keep going with this. Kind of, like, maybe maybe she helped, maybe they make a game together in that she, like, conveys some of the concepts of game design from our world. Oh, shit. She's like, this is how, this, we use, like, dice and things like that and cards. And he's like, oh, we have those. We have dice makers and we gambling, so it's kind of like that. So he brings in these ideas, but that's kind of how she helps is just being like, yeah, there are there are ways you can do this. Can it be known that the actual interaction between uh, Stratus and Amy is he's milking his cow. Amy rolls up on the farm with Tia and is like, sup, y'all. Uh, oh, what do you guys make? Oh, cool. Cool statues. It's like this big garden. And they're like, uh, Papa Stonebottom is like, yeah, my son Stratus. Uh, That's what he calls himself. I don't understand it. He uh, he's out back milking a cow because his his profession is uh, cheese making. So I, <laughs> can you go out there and uh, shake some sense into him? He he's out there always thinking of I don't know. He's always thinking of what's past the mountain. It's just dumb. And she goes out there. And she's like, yo. <laughs> I think I think she goes out there and she's like. Yeah, no, the sky's a thing, though. And he's like, yeah, no, I know. It's full of nogs. <laughs> it's full of nogs. Like feathery things with beaks. You want to check out my sweet book that I made? And she reads it and is like, oh, dear God, this is horrible. But writes in the book, like a yearbook page, like writes in the, the beginning, like, can I get your autograph? Like, because obviously everybody wants the autograph of the living right. God. Writes in there, this game is super good. Try dice and cards. Uh <laughs> K I T have a hit hags have a great summer, Amy. Uh, keep going, <laughs> live that dream. And it's just like shakes her head, like oh my god, that was so bad. It's not good. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> like yeah. this game sucks. He just makes like a weird. It's definitely like weird fan fiction. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. Stratos is definitely like the hero of this book. <laughs> There's only one character you can be, and it's Stratos. <laughs> oh. Stratos is like the le- you know every every terrible RPG source book is like here's the level twenty NPC with the sword that ends the world and they are the the myth breaker oh. and it's like yep that's 
That's Stratos. That's the wizard Stratos. He's the sky wizard. Uh, he's the sky wizard who uses the power of milk and cheese to better the world, but also has the power to destroy it. It's a great and powerful responsibility. All magic is cheese and milk and therefore nog related in some way, like eggnog. <laughs> eggnog is like magic. Like milk and cheese is like the source of magic in nog and nasties. <laughs> Because it's this guy's fantasy who just knows nothing but cheese, Jeff. And here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Amy is reading all of this, and it's like, because you have to remember, because Amy came from our world and was, like, a fan fiction writer. Yes. So she's read so much terrible fan fiction, and she's just seeing all of it, all of it in his work. She's like, this is some terrible fan fiction. Sky fanfiction. <laughs> Sky fanfiction. And Stratos is looking at her, like, hands clasped in front of his face, like, <laughs> eyes welling up with tears of joy, like, the living machine is is reading my game. It's like, I don't know if this kid knows, but, like, this is literally the worst Sky cheese and milk related fanfiction <laughs> tabletop game I have ever read in my life. Um, work on it. Yeah, it's imaginative. Yeah, this is very imaginative. Keep going. You may want to include the ability to create other characters and use like some dice and cards and stuff. Give <laughs> touch. Have a great summer. Ames. <laughs> so, so she puts like that's all she puts in that first edition of the very book. Vague. And he redesigns it from the scratch. And now, and then it is like a beautiful, amazing, like heartfelt game about exploration. <laughs> about exploring what's beyond the limitations of your life it, no ooh, it's, it's it's exactly that it's about being pent up in uh, a world of destiny and grabbing it yourself it's about seizing yeah. the reins of your own life in a, in a sense yeah, yeah, of exploration yeah. and it's about reaching the sky i think like the the point of the game is you start out level one it's like on the ground yeah you're on the ground and you eventually have to reach the sky and then once you hit that that's when like the real adventure hits like it's almost like the funnel well yeah and it reminds me of um like first edition dungeons and dragons how it was assumed that at a certain level you would stop going into dungeons and start making your own dungeon and like gather people so like low level games of noggin nasties is you're on the ground trying to find a way to ascend to the sky Ooh. and then once you hit like ninth level you're a sky wizard and then you build your class cloud fortress and nogs kind of like come to you oh my god so it's like sim city meets dungeons and dragons meets every fucking game imaginable oh my god jeff is noggin nasties good yes is it spread throughout the world does he sell noggin nasties <laughs> does he sell out or no is it like just for him or dude does this spread it, it it builds a niche following it's like a popular thing among like artists and dreamers because here's the thing, and I actually, okay, no, I've got something. Okay. I think it frustrates him to no end that the only people that like it are, like, artists and dreamers and, like, fantasy-minded people. <laughs> Fucking nerds. <laughs> it's only nerds! Jeff, you just described nerds! He's so mad that it's not mainstream cool to play Nog and Nasties. Well, because here's the thing, the only people that, like... The only people that gravitate to Nog and Nasties are people that are like, wow, these are really cool fantasy ideas. Like, what a neat thing. And he's like, no. This is fucking it's real. Just, this is what's this past is real the life. God damn it. Why isn't anybody listening? Dwarven nerds flock to it. As, <laughs> and they're just like, this is cool fantasy stuff. And he's like, no, it's not fantasy. Yeah, all right. The living machine, Amy, 
told me that this this is a great idea and that I should develop it further to find the truth of what's beyond when really Amy was like, cool game, kid. Uh, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, but all, all the other dwarven nerds are like, no, there's, oh my god, oh god, oh god, oh god. Go, oh my god, no, hit me. Yeah, so once Amy comes, like, dwarven culture kind of, like, blends in with the others. Yes. <laughs> so, like, all the dwarven nerds are like, no, nah, the sky's a thing. <laughs> So everyone's constantly shitting on Stratus' vision. Oh, love the game, but it's just a game. No, I want to know what the sky is. Yeah, Amy told us it's like this blue thing. It's outside the mountain. No, it's full of nogs. And he just sounds like a lunatic. (laughs) Stratus, no. Stratus, you sad milk boy. Oh, God, it gets to a point where he angrily refuses to go, like, outside. Because there's a period, like, there's a period where the dwarves are allowed to go outside before John, before they, like, close it off because of, like, disasters. Yes. So there's a period where Stratus could just go outside. Yeah, no, I refuse. (laughs) He's like, no. I won't do it. I've seen the sky. I've seen the sky, and it's full of nogs, and it's full of nasties, and I built my sky (laughs) fortress, and I used my milk magic in it. Everyone knows that. Nah, dude, that's from Nogs and Nasties. I wrote Nogs and Nasties. Yeah, okay, sure, Stratus, and shut the fuck up. No one believes him that he wrote it because it's been distributed so many different places and it's written by Stratus and they're like, your name is Kurt Stonebottom. And he's like, no. Oh. Yeah, apparently it was written by this guy named Stratus. Aren't you from the Stonebottom family? I am. That's my fu- fuck. I think there's also a ton of like knockoff games that come out. Stop. No. Like dairies and dragons, like other, <laughs> other, or like, no, hold on, scratch that, because I want to come up with another, like, it's like citrus and citrus and creatures. Stop. Chef, people take his fucking game and twist it to be about, like, lemons, <laughs> lemon magic. Other, other people with misconceptions about what the sky is. <laughs> Wait, he's not the only one. I thought you only get one destiny. Okay, no, then I've got it. I know what hap- why, uh, like, I know what happens to Noggin Nasties. Okay. Other people misinterpret his intent, and they're like, "Well, this is a this is a, a this is a dairy farmer wondering if he could become anything other than a dairy farmer." I raise citrus, like I raise lemons. No, maybe I could be something more than a lemon farm. I'm gonna write my own version of this. <laughs> so there are other, and they're all like based on weird misconceptions of what the sky is. Let's talk about Stratus. So, the age of Noggin Nasties has come. Nerds have obsessed. It is the most popular game, and we'll say in the world. People mm-hmm. all over Definitely. the world are playing this, and they try to tell him. They're like, no, there are, like, other cultures out there and, like, other races. And he's like, shut the fuck up. I know what races are out there, and I wrote them. And it has to be real. And it's this, all right, that's fucking sad, first of all. Let's, let me slam on these brakes. This idea that we have crafted is tragic and hilarious, as is our yeah, brand. right. That there's this guy. I think he doesn't go, like, recluse. Okay. I think he goes Rick, I think he goes Rick Moranis with it. Oh, shit. Where he gets a bunch of money from it. Okay, then what if he never goes to see the sky? Not because he's stubborn, but because he's content. Ooh. Like, he gets a ton of money, and people are buying it, and he's always kind of resented that it has this reputation as a fantasy game when it's actually the real world, but, like, that's not really a concern. The thing is, he gets a bunch of money, and then he just goes like, okay, I'm done. Destiny achieved. I'm gonna retire now. And he just, like, moves to a lower area of the mountain, and he's just like, okay, 
game over. I win. Yeah. So I think the rest of his life is dedicated to just like, ooh, obviously fucking updates. He's got to update different yeah. versions. He's got like five editions. He turns into the worst kind of game design for it. Like he takes on the worst categories of like Wizards of the Coast where it's like, yeah, this new expansion is out. It adds a lot of important classes. Now there's the, uh, the Nog Rider. They ride on the Nogs. They're very <laughs> powerful. And it's like, th- but this, this completely nullifies what had like these other three classes. Yeah, but you know, you could still play them if you wanted to, but it's just like, this is the new thing. And it's like, oh, uh, God damn it. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, that's <laughs> fair. It is literally his world. This is truth. It's like, yeah. no, they eventually learn to ride nogs and all the nerds are super mean to him. And they're like, yeah, well, that just means it, imba- it the game is no longer balanced. And he's like, I don't care. The people, the people of the Sky Fortress have learned to tame the nogs. To ride nogs. Like that happened. He thinks he's releasing like history game books. <laughs> like I'm going to teach you about the history of the Sky World through these games. <sighs> and these people are such shit lords that they're like, um, please patch. Uh, Nog Riders and up change them in the next update. He's like, you mean the next volume of history? <laughs> yeah, I think I can do that. You fucks. <laughs> and I think he. It's important that he just retires and he's just like, all right, I'm gonna keep writing. I'm gonna keep doing my thing. I'm done. Can we roll on some quick tables? Yes, because that is an incredible place to end his little life of <laughs> from Dairy Boy to <laughs> fucking fantasy game writer. All right, so roll me a D8 for a personality trait. Oh, wait, what's it? Wait, wait, what's his background? This is a guild artisan. It is a, a craftsman who, like, talented at making a thing. In this case, his background is in game design. Four. I'm full of witty aphorisms and have a proverb for every occasion, but they're all nog-themed. <laughs> <laughs> because this is his life. This is the world. He's like a historian, so, you know, like, the milk only runs on the west side of the road, Nog. What? Okay. Uh, what am I supposed to take from that? I was asking you about feet balance, but that's fine. I needed to know if there's a reason I should go for the broadsword and not the scimitar, but, yep, milk only runs on the west side of the road. That's how it works when, like, he holds, like, (laughs) book signings, or he thinks people are coming to, like, get their history book signed and, like, their history game that he's created. And they're like, yeah, um, they ask those really nerdy questions of, like, um, is there a reason that Nogs have two beaks? Is that, like, a metaphor for, like, how you were feeling at the time of creation? Like, where it was, they're two-faced and it's two sides of the coin? Nogs simply have two beaks. That's what, that's what they are. Two beaks. No, I get that you're wrapped up in the, fuck it. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) People think, oh god, he has a definite fan following of people that like, think it's just an elaborate Andy Kaufman-esque performance act. Oh no. (laughs) So people, so people buy into it. Like, it turns into this like, it kind of loops back around into people being like super into it and being like, okay, yeah. Nog is real. Right. Okay. No. I'm buying this. I get oh it's a living God. story that unfolds over years and years. They think it's like some kind of performance art. Like they think it's he's just doing some elaborate performance. And like, what's his grand finale going to be? I died. <laughs> they, everybody unfortunately thinks it's this grand painting, like this tapestry that he's weaving when really he's like, I want to share with you the knowledge that I was born with as a child. Amy helped me realize my destiny. 
And the irony is that it is that, and he doesn't, even if he doesn't see it, it is that, and that's sort of beautiful in its own way. It is beautiful that the world may uh, take it one way, but he's truly living his dream and fulfilling his destiny of crafting the sky. He dreams of one day seeing the sky, and he does, and he tells people about it, and that's simply, that's all his destiny was. Yeah, and it doesn't matter that it's not right. (laughs) Yes, all that matters is that he's living his destiny. He's inventing. He's creating. He sees it every day in his work, and that's sort of beautiful. It is. Oh, my God. I am very envious of this part. He's one of the... I think he's one of the most celebrated inventors in Geode now. It's like he's the ultimate game designer. You know, he's, he's crafted something that we all can enjoy and escape the drudgery of our work life. And he's like, I'm yes. sharing my world with you. This is the world that I, I have visions of the sky. And they're like, he's so committed to this performance. <laughs> oh, God, you guys are shit. <laughs> All right, what's next? Roll me a D6 for an ideal. All right, animal six, go. Six, eagle. Aspiration. I work hard to be the best there is at my craft. Oh, God, of course. I think this is this is his life. Eats, yeah. sleeps, uh, noggin. Game designs. Yeah. Game designs. Yeah. It's so perfect. Another one for Flaw. We at Flaw yet? Uh, this is for Bond. Bond. Roll me another D6. I was trying to learn the order. Six again. More eagles. Themes of the sky. <laughs> I will get revenge on the evil forces that destroyed my place of business and ruined my livelihood. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. He hates the other game designers. <laughs> he thinks they're full of shit. No, this is my vocation. <laughs> this is my life. Yeah, no, I know. I'm a lemon farmer, but I like I like making games too. No, that's a uh, god. Fuck you. How did they ruin his life? <laughs> they're taking money that should be going to him and his work. He's just real mad at them for trying to undercut his profits. <laughs> I'm writing the lore of the world that's beyond the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. I made citrus and hog miners, and I want to make that quick buck off your game. No, that's a game. It's a game for history. Oh, fuck you. And I think that's his, like, his quest is, like, to ruin them. There's this underbelly of, like, criminal game design. <laughs> Doing like it's like Shadow Run, where it's just like secretive jobs and criminals are brought in. I need you to burn the. I need you to melt their fucking dice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and he just slides an envelope full of money. They're ruining the history of Nog and Nasties and the legacy that I'll leave behind. I need citrus and hog riders burned i need you to burn all the character sheets and any evidence and you just see like an orchard of citrus in flames (laughs) and he slides him an envelope but because there's no money it's full of cheese (laughs) (laughs) it's full of that and one nog buck yeah he's invented his own currency this one nogolian is worth ten thousand pieces of cheese Neither of those things have any concept of value to me. I'm an assassin. Enjoy that, Nagolian. Don't spend it all in one place. Oh, God. Roll me a D6 for their flaw, for his flaw. Now he's a fucking, don't fuck with Stratos. Oh, my God. Don't don't try to step. I mean, this is his destiny. He's like, I think this is so serious to him that he's crafting a world. Like, he's just, he's not even, he's just telling people. He's teaching them through a game, and if you try to yeah. fuck with that, if you try to tell people, give people misinformation, you're fucking with his destiny. This is his- And he's gonna destroy you. He will destroy you. This is no joke. Okay. Alright, his flaw. One, horsey. 
I'll do anything to get my hands on something rare or priceless. Ooh, okay. Uh, what could that mean? What's rare or priceless to someone who... Uh, ooh, I, I think... <laughs> Jeff, does he collect relics that he thinks are from the kingdom of Nog? <laughs> does he have memor- Nog memorabilia? No, I know what it is. What is it? He wants nothing more than to get the finished copy of his game to Amy. Oh shit. And like Amy's notes on his new game is so is rare and priceless to him. So he is like constantly paying like smugglers and mercenaries to be like track her down <laughs> and give her my book. So Stratus thinks that this is a back and forth between him and the machine <laughs> god that she wrote notes and then he's going to write her a note, give her the book and then she'll pass it back. Like, he thinks it's some kind of form of communication. Like, God is giving me messages in the form of this book. I think I want to write back. And I'll do anything to get that done. Amy is just being pursued by dwarven assassins and is just wrecking them. (laughs) (laughs) These shitty, nerdy... No, they're nerds, Jeff. They're nerds. He hires nerds. And they're just, like, like rushing her. And she's taking him out. Like every couple of months, this nerdy assassin just comes and she just wrecks them. And he's like, I haven't heard back. I better hire another. Excuse me, Amy, Amy, Amy. Sign this book and bring it back. Oh, God, that fucking book again. I said sign it. Amy punches them like into the stratosphere. <laughs> yeah, they, they keep getting real violent with it because they think it's a quest because they're delusionalized nerd men. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That just made it way better. You are the ultimate fan. You are messaged by the creator of Knock It Nasties. No, you post her. Oh, God, Jeff. I don't want to link it too much, but a post on Fantasy Reddit. Anyone who's a real fan of Nog and Nasties knows that the one thing Stratus wants more in this world is to get his first edition to the hands of the machine god. Anyone willing to help, please message this. Yeah. And it's this own underbelly of assassins who are just nerds trying to help Stratus. So Stratus has like a crime syndicate, sort of. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not sort of. Just like a straight up nerd dwarf crime syndicate that is just constantly trying to like get to Amy, and she's just outclassing all of them. But, like, very casually. I think it's like, like, nerds run up to her at, like, a... <laughs> she's speaking, like, excuse me, Amy? Um, I, I have this book for you. Oh, God. Again with the fucking book? I said sign the book! <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason that I think it's got... There's gotta be an element of, like, of, like, shadowy stuff to it... Yeah. ...is because it ties into the stuff... It ties into the war with the other game designers. He's just hiring those same people that are, like, criminals. They're, like, criminal nerds, and he's like, get this to her. So they're approaching it with the same mindset of, like, burn down this orchard. So Amy, is does she set up shop in Geode and, like, live there? This is where I want to end it. Yeah. She finally does confront him. But in her mind, it's like... I need to confront the man that has been sending assassins after me my entire life. <laughs> and in his mind, it is finally the machine god has come and we will have our we will have our fated meeting. He's gonna tell me my game is super good. Damien's <laughs> gonna basically knock the fuck out of Stratus. <laughs> oh, oh, I what love a good it. Character. What a good character. Stratus the game designer. Ah, oh, God, thank you so much, Sealkey. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful character. A dwarf that dreams of the sky led to Nog and Nasties becoming canonical. (laughs) Bless.
If you'd like to submit a prompt so we can make a character just for you, there's tons of fucking ways you can do that. <laughs> you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast. You can... What was the other one? Oh, you can email us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. And be sure to check out our Discord, where we oftentimes chat lore, chat uh, headcanons, and try to decide what we're going to make a canon and what we're not. You know, we just chat about yes. the show. Just feel free to jump in. It's a fun chat. There's a general chat. We play games. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's the evergreen chat. link is on our pinned to our Twitter. Yes. We also, if you are, uh, if you enjoy the show, consider donating to our Patreon account. We have a lot yes. of goal, fun goals, fun rewards in mind. Uh, we also have some Patreon thank yous, if I remember correctly. Oh, God, yes. Yes, we do. We have a bunch. If I butcher your name, my God, I'm so sorry. Richard. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Richard Krautz Landry. Richard Krautz, Krautz Landry. Thank you so much for your donation. Thank you, Specs AK. Also, Corvus, shoutouts. Hello. How are you, you bird? Uh, Riverhouse Games, bless you and all the things you give. Nora A, I love you. And Dan Enders, you're wonderful. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate yeah, it so much. Thank you all so much. much. We appreciate your support. It helps make the show happen. Yes. Uh, man, it's so wonderful. And uh, we'll be able to do tons more stuff as the Patreon continues to grow. Yes. Do you have a verbal hug this week? I have one. Uh, we're going to want a different one, but I have one. Okay. So I want you all to know that there'll be no more darkness when you believe in yourself. You're unstoppable. Where your destiny lies. Dancing on the blades. You set my heart on fire. Don't stop us now. The moment of truth. Holy shit. We were born to make history. Oh, did you <laughs> conjure Yuri on Ice into I this did. podcast? Yep, you did. And I'm down with it. We can do a different, we can do a different hug if we wanted to. You shut your fucking mouth. This verbal hug today was brought to you by two ice skating boys kissing. They love ice skating and they love kissing. Yep, and dancing on poles, which is deeply satisfying. Anywho, Yuri on Ice aside, uh, thanks everybody for listening, for giving us support. It's been a great month for all my fantasy children. It has been a very good month. It's been a very good, it's been a very good six months or so. Yeah, it's been a very good six months. We continue, we will definitely continue to keep churning out the fun for you guys. Yes, very much so. And with that, good good night night and and good good game. game.